My lesson title this morning is The Holy Spirit Speaks. So we've been thinking about the Holy Spirit, trying to understand better what his leading is. So initially, just as a little bit of a refresher, we talked about not getting involved with Christian, what I call Christian mysticism. We talked about how our, uh, how our discussion or what we were talking about is rooted in decision-making, and I believe that's where we get off base. And we also talked about using biblical wisdom to make decisions instead of trying to divine or use the Holy Spirit like we would a familiar spirit. We talked a little about our perception of God's will and what he wants us to do. And then the last time I preached, we talked about Bible study methods and habits to gain good biblical wisdom. So today I want to talk to you about what the leading of the Holy Spirit looks like. If it's not that, then what is it? And it can feel a little bit maybe like through this discussion that we've had, like I'm tearing something down or taking something away from you. And I'd like to give you something this morning. One of my goals is that you would leave here this morning with a better understanding of the Holy Spirit's work. And also, if you thought that the Holy Spirit was moving before, I want you to see better. I want you to see more clearly how the Holy Spirit is is moving so that you don't go away from here thinking, well, I'm not sure if the Holy Spirit's working at all. I want you to leave confident that he is. So, I have a test for you to see how well you are listening, okay? And it's, again, just to kind of get our our minds thinking this way again. Something happened to me on Friday. So, this, this story started earlier last week. So, last Sunday, we didn't have church. It was really cold. And Saturday night, we were out driving around doing some things and went back home, and I thought, I need to park the van in the shop so it for sure starts Sunday morning. And I thought, ah, I'm too lazy, and I didn't do it, and I should have. So I went out Sunday afternoon. I was going to put the van in the shop so it for sure start Sunday, or Monday morning to take the girls to school, and it wouldn't start. And it wasn't the battery. Like, the battery was fine. I even put jumper cables on to make sure. It turned the key and nothing. It wouldn't even click. It was just nothing. <clears throat> So I, kind of long story, but I pulled it out, pulled it into the shop, got a heater, warmed it up. The next morning, Monday morning, I went out early, fired right up. So I thought, well, it must have been a fluke thing. Something got, I don't know, some water got in the starter or something. Who knows? Anyways, it, it didn't work. But it's working now, so I think we're fine. So Monday night then, we actually left and went to Ohio for the Helping People in Need seminar. And it worked fine going out there. Um, Got up Tuesday morning to go to the seminar, and it was cold again, and it wouldn't start. And so I thought, well, Wednesday afternoon, the forecast is supposed to get up to 25. I thought, if it's sunny, it'll start. Well, it didn't. So my father-in-law actually changed out the starter, and that took care of it. Then it started right up and was fine. Came home. It worked fine. Came home. Saturday, or, uh, when I have to preach, I take Friday off so that I can have some peace and quiet. The girls are in school. Um, that way I have my Saturdays to still be with the family if I can. 
but I had some things I wanted to do. So I wanted to go to the school, talk to the teachers a little bit about the heating system, how it worked through the cold snap. I needed to pick up my work van. I needed to, it was at the uh, shop. I needed to um, drop some things off the tax man and then go up to Elkhart City and renew my mechanical license. And I got up there to, so I, I rode, we all went to the school. I talked to the teachers or whatever, dropped the girls off. Then we went and picked up my van and I did my errands. My wife did some shopping. I was up getting my mechanical license renewed and I didn't have the right document. I had a bond, but somehow it didn't get, up, it didn't get renewed correctly. It's supposed to say till December 31st of 2024 and it said till December 30th. So it didn't work. So that was kind of wasted time. I was kind of irritated with that. And then um, my wife called and said that uh, the van doesn't start. She's at the dented can and stranded, and the van doesn't start. So my study time is probably not going to happen. Anyways, I went and it was doing the same thing. So we, I went back to the dented can. I had my work van tried to figure out what was going, going on. I was doing the same thing, couldn't get it going. So I, well, I can't take the girls home because I have my work van. We don't have enough seats. So I drove home, got my truck, came back, um, figured out it was the starter again. Like it was getting voltage. My wife would turn the key. The little solenoid would get voltage, but it wouldn't engage the starter. So I um, ended up towing the van back to my shop. And by then it was like 2.30 in the afternoon, and I was not going to get any studying done. I couldn't pull the van in the shop and start working on it because I pulled the van in the shop, and then my truck's stuck in the front of it, and, I, and my wife needed that to take the girls to school. Plus, I needed to go get a starter, <clears throat> or my wife needed to go pick up the girls. So anyways, I went and picked up the girls, picked up the starter, came home, went out, swapped out the starter, and got back in the house after doing chores at about 5.30 time to get ready to go to the game night, which I guess I could have gave that up, but I told my wife, I said, why does this always happen? It seems like every time I have Friday set aside to study, things come up. Like, what is going on? (laughs) Some of you might say it's the devil. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to hinder you. So keep at it. Don't give up. And some would even come to the conclusion that this is a really important message that I'm about to give you because the devil's trying to hinder it. <clears throat> or you could say that God had a hand in it. You say, well, why, do you, why do, would you say that? Well, my father-in-law ins- installed this starter, and it, it quit at the perfect time. You say, well, why? it could have been better. But it didn't leave us sitting at the Burger King in Lima, Ohio the day before. It got us to school on time. It in, in fact, it got me to the, where I could pick up my work van. If it would have failed before then, I would have had to call somebody and say, hey, can you come pick me up so that I can go get my van? <clears throat> so, was it God that had a hand in it? what would you say? Satan or God? Maybe it's God that's hindering me because maybe he wants me to reevaluate what I'm going to share. And circumstances definitely make us reevaluate, right? They make us think, consider. But in this case, um, I'd already given a lot of thought. 
into what I wanted to share. I've already thought this topic through and what I believe in this through my head time after time. Okay? I'm convinced that it's the truth. We get into kind of some a little bit of craziness, I guess, when we when these circumstances shake our faith and what we believe to be true, right? <clears throat> so I don't know what you're thinking. Was it Satan? Was it God? My perspective is I have no idea. <clears throat> I have no idea why it happened like it did. I do know that God's in control. And I'm going to live out the best that I can in this situation. So that means that I'm going to change my Saturday plans and study on Saturday and go change the starter in my van. Okay? It means providing for my family the best I can. And it also means sticking with this message that I was planning to share. I think that every time I hear somebody say that the Holy Spirit led them to something or the Holy Spirit told them something, my thinking is, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. <clears throat> and I'm, I don't think you can know. How can you know without a doubt that it was the Holy Spirit? Or how can you know without a doubt that it wasn't? And again, I'm not saying that it wasn't. I'm not saying that it was. I'm just saying that we don't know. It could have been. And it gets really, it, it gets really strange when people start doing things or, or living their lives in a way that out of, out of this, okay? So how would it have been if I would have got up this morning and said that I, I just feel like the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to, to preach this message, and so I, I decided to do something else. And you're like, well, that's a disappointment. I've, I've been leading up to this message for the last, you know, three sermons, and now I'm not going to give it? Like, leaving you hanging, right? <clears throat> well, Gary, why, why do you think the Holy Spirit's telling you not to preach this message? Well, because the starter went bad in my van, and it was, it was weird. It was just so strange. Hmm. And then you talk to a mechanic, and they'll say, well, you tell them the story. And they say, well, did you get a remanufactured starter? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a rebuilt one. Oh, yeah, those are junk. That happens all the time. Don't, when, you, when you buy an alternator or a starter, try to get a new one if you can. Um, so I just came to this conclusion based on a common problem? Really? <clears throat> what happens to me that can be really, I don't know, can make me think, make me wonder, might be a common thing. So do you see what I'm trying to address? Do you see what I'm trying to, to say? I've taken something away from you. Maybe you've, been, um, maybe you've been convinced that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and, and you know or, or that's been your take on, on life, that the Holy Spirit told me this, told me that. Now I want to give you, so I've taken that away from you, I want to give you something that you can hold on to. I want to actually give you four things. So this, Jesus said the Spirit is like the wind, okay? 
and his works invisible. I want to give you four things that we can see the results of the Spirit's work. And then I want to give you one thing that is invisible. So number one, actually turn to Romans chapter 12. The first one is easy, but it'll get your mind thinking here. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. The Holy Spirit gives us a gift. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Excuse me. Or he that teacheth, on teaching. Or he that exhorteth, on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth, with diligence. He that showeth mercy, with cheerfulness. Let love, or sorry, that's where I'm going to stop. So notice that these are given to us. Where did they come from? The Spirit gave them to us. How is it that when someone becomes a believer, they all of a sudden may want to serve someone, or they may want to give things away, or teach others, or talk about what is to come, or they may want to show mercy, or encourage others, or they do a good job of leading. So this is real, and it's things we can see with our eyes. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 6 says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but is the same God which worketh all in all. Then if you go down to chapter, or verse 11, it says, But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. We can see that. We can see the gift Maybe not only our gift, but we can see the gifts around us in people. Number two, the Holy Spirit fills us. And maybe I should have talked about this first, but I thought if I talked about the gifts, that would get your mind thinking this way. So we receive a gift because of the Spirit dwelling in us, and our bodies are the temple of God. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17 says, If ye love me... Keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that ye may that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Do you think of yourself, like, as you think of yourself, I don't know, I think of myself as a person, right? And you probably do too. But do you think of yourself as a spirit? Because you have a spirit, you have an inner man. When you speak, you're hearing my spirit, right? You're hearing the thoughts and ideas. My spirit is communicating with your spirit. So when you die, your body will stay, your spirit will go. <clears throat> so our, our spirits communicate. And I wonder if this is what John meant um, when he said in First John chapter 4 that we test the spirits. Because many false prophets are gone out in the world. Like, so we see what 
is within the people around us. We see, or we test them, or we, we figure out if someone is, has this Holy Spirit or not. <clears throat> so, if the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us, or becomes a part of our inner man through the rebirth, how do we know if a thought is from the Holy Spirit or from our own heart? And I believe this, this filling of the Spirit is how he convicts us of sin, how he reminds us of Scripture, how he helps us understand wisdom. So I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking in our hearts all the time, into our thoughts all the time, um, giving us ideas and desires. And, you know, we're still in control. We can decide what we want to do with those. But he influences us. And it can look something like this. You may find out that CAM needs work teams down in Oklahoma or whatever, and you're like, hey, that's a good idea. I think I'm going to go. That, I'm not busy that time of year, and it would work good for my family, and yeah, let's, let's do that. Is that a, an idea from the Spirit or from your own heart? Or you might think, wow, I, I love to give, and so... Um, I just heard a, that sewing needs money, and hey, I'm going to give them a lot of money. Is it from your own heart or from the Spirit? Again, my answer is, I don't know. Does it matter? Why don't, um, does it matter whose idea it is? Will it work? Is it wise? Then do it. We talked about, in a previous message about divining, about how Joseph told his brothers that he could divine. And I want to I think about um, the story of Joseph. If you read it, and those of you reading through the Bible should have read that already, um, if you read it, it can seem like this was a story about Joseph's brothers and their jealousy and how bad they were. And then you can read a little bit farther and you say, wow, this story is about Joseph and how he did everything right. And he had time after time, you know, that he could have sinned or got discouraged or whatever. He just, he did the right thing. Wow, what an encouragement to me to live like Joseph. <clears throat> and then you get a little bit further and you see, wow, Joseph's wicked brothers came and they bowed down to him. And wow, you know, that's, yep, that's, that's exactly right. That's, that's how it is that, that, you know, the wicked can't stand before the righteous, you know, and, and a picture of that. But that's not what Joseph said. You know, obviously there's subplots that we can learn from that story, but you know what Joseph said? In Genesis 50, verse 20, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. So God had a plan, and the plan was to bring famine, and he wanted to get his people down into Egypt so that, you know, he could start his story of deliverance. And he did it through Joseph. And Joseph saved much of probably the known world at that time. I'm not sure how much they would have spread out past, but at least he saved much of the Middle East. Like he saved Egypt, and he would have saved Canaan land, which would have been a massive area of land there. <clears throat> so the point was, is that God allowed this all to happen. He put Joseph in the right place at the right time. And, and we can see God's fingerprints all over this story. 
Now, let's zoom in a little bit. This story started with two things. One was the dreams that Joseph had, right? Called Joseph the Dreamer. And another thing, which obviously was from God, but another thing, um, we talk about Joseph and his, what? All the children know. Joseph and his coat of many colors. And that actually, his coat of many colors becomes an important part of the story. That's what got it going. It started the jealousy of his brothers. Just a tiny little thing like that started this massive story of God saving people from famine. A coat of many colors. What put it in Jacob's heart or Israel's heart to give Joseph a coat of many colors? I have no idea. But I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit probably had his hand in it, right? But I doubt, I mean, it doesn't say, but I'm guessing it was similar to like, well, I sometimes get coats for my girls. Like, they need a coat, so you get them a coat. I don't know. Now, that coat had some symbolism. But the point is, is that things happen without us even knowing, that have God's fingerprints all over them. I believe that God is at work in our hearts. And I also believe that the more we get, the, more, the closer we get to God, the more we become like Christ, the more we're sanctified, the more, so we, Gary changes to become more like Christ. And I think the line between what's the Holy Spirit and what's Gary becomes pretty blurry, or at least it's supposed to, right? Gary's supposed to become like Christ. So, again, it doesn't matter whose thought it was. Was it a good idea? Will it work? Is it wise? Then do it. Number three, I believe the Holy Spirit directs our physical lives. So we talked about this a little bit with Joseph, but um, in more the inner workings, like of the Holy Spirit um, influencing us in our heart. I want to think about it a little bit, too, on the outward, of how, how the Holy Spirit works in our outward being. So to think about that, how many of you decided what parents you would have? None. How many of you decided how many siblings you would have? Or what personality your child, what the personality of your child is like? Whether you were born male or female? What country you were born in? What race you are? Or think about this. Who decided that you were going, I was born in 1988. Who decided that? And we were reading about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, and it talks about that it was a night to remember. It must have been something. (laughs) Over a million people. And then it talks about them going and going through the Red Sea and how the the water was walls on either side. Wouldn't that have been an incredible time to live? But who decided that I was going to live in this time? Now, this time is an incredible time to live as well. So the point is, the Holy Spirit knows how to put you in the right place at the right time. And he did it, or he can do it without our help. He did it with Joseph, without Joseph's help. And he can do it with you. And so I can confidently say, I believe, this morning, that you are in the right place at the right time. God has placed you where you are for a reason.
Now, you might be thinking, well, Gary, you're, you're building again the things that you destroyed. The difference is that I believe this is all going on behind the scenes, that we're not aware of what's going on. <clears throat> so our approach is different. So before we tried to sense what the Holy Spirit was trying to tell us. We tried to figure it out. Now we have our feet firmly planted in wisdom. And everything that happens around us is processed according to wisdom instead of assuming something is from the Holy Spirit. So instead of saying the Holy Spirit spoke to me and gave me this idea, we say, I had an idea, and I think it's a good one. I think it's wise. And it can seem like, okay, that's a small change, but it's actually not. It's, it's massive. It'll, it's a massive shift in the way we think and relate to each other. And number four, so again, these are four things that you can see the results. Number four, the Holy Spirit helps us to understand Scripture. So, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know what that means? Well, we understand God's love, right? And we know that he sent his Son, And we know that our sin was a big deal. And Jesus died on the cross for our sin as a payment for our sin. So that we are covered by that payment. And so if we put our faith, if we believe in Jesus Christ, we'll be saved. Easy, right? The Holy Spirit is at work. If you read Scripture and understand what it means... That's the Holy Spirit helping you to do that. If somebody else does, reads and understands. Some of these things we can see right away. Some of them, we look back and see them like Joseph did. And that's the fifth one then. This one you can't see, but it might be the most important. Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. If you want to turn to that. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And you have this picture I believe it's from Revelation of, of Jesus standing at the right hand of the throne, interceding for us. Okay? This gives us a picture that the Holy Spirit is groaning for us because he knows our weakness. <clears throat> These verses are powerful because not only is Jesus and the Holy Spirit interceding for us, but it says in verse 27, he that searcheth the hearts, or that would be God, God, so you could just put that in there, so God knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he, or because the Spirit maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So not only is, not only is Jesus interceding for us, the Holy Spirit's interceding for us, 
but the Holy Spirit is doing it because it's the will of God. So you've got a picture of all three that are pulling for us, that are, are helping us with our weakness. And if you read down further, it says that if God be for us, who can be against us? We can be confident that we have the Holy Spirit. I know that can be a question, okay? Some people can be, I don't know, that can be a big deal. And I want to give you some confidence this morning. If you read through Acts, there is so much mention of the Holy Spirit. Speaking, directing, filling, speaking in tongues, catching Philip away, or even general statements like, they did this thing and everyone was full of the Holy Ghost. And it's like, what did that mean? Or what does that mean? What did, what did that look like? Other times, he's not even mentioned. Like, uh, Levon read the story about Peter raising Dorcas from the dead. Not even mentioned. Peter raised her from the dead. And no mention of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it can seem like we need to experience things like this in order to be filled with the Spirit. We should be speaking in tongues. We should be doing miracles. And these things were assigned to them. And sometimes miracles happen today. I'm not, I mean, I've heard of them. Um, I've actually seen some things with my own eyes that I consider to be a miracle or that God was definitely at work. And I don't want to minimize that or restrict the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants, Right? But we live in a different time than Acts. Okay, so there was a lot of things going on. There was uh, scripture being written. Think about this. So Paul, Paul had some amazing experiences with the Holy Spirit. He was struck down along the side of the road. He was blind for a couple days, and then he received his sight again. He had revelations. And he referenced a couple times that the Holy Spirit either didn't allow him to do this or, or however. But the Holy Spirit was active in Paul's life. But Paul said that the fruit of having the Spirit or the evidence of having the Spirit is not all those things. The evidence or the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, In fact, if you would say today that what was going on in Acts was going on today, like if you'd come to me and say, wow, Gary, you should go and, and see this. Like people are being healed and, you know, we have revelations, but now we have second revelation and third revelation and, you know, scriptures being added to and all this stuff. I would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Scripture's done. Okay. We don't live in that time anymore. We have the complete word of God. And in fact, I, I say that almost jokingly, but it seems like that's what's going to happen in the future. People are going to say, well, look, Christ is there. Like, he's doing all these miracles. Miracles are going to happen again. People are going to be healed, all this stuff. And the Bible says that if somebody says, hey, look, there's Christ over there, or look at all this stuff that's happening over here, don't get involved with it. <clears throat> Which is harder for the Holy Spirit? 
having you speak in a different language and having a tongue of fire on your head or suddenly displaying a spiritual gift or some other fruit of the Spirit. And which, according to Paul, should you strive for? The fruit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. How do you know that someone has the Spirit? And it's an important thing, I think, that we, that we know that we are filled with the Spirit. How do we know? It's because of the fruit, right? And it's not a fail-safe or a, a complete, you know, an absolute or whatever. It's just the best way that we know. Like, there's false prophets. People can deceive us. There is, uh, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing. But that's the best way that we have to know is that we can tell if the Spirit is in people around us by their fruit, whether they are doing, whether they have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And that, we can understand that. But what about me? How do we know, how do I know that I have the Spirit? I want you to think about that. And if you say, well, it's from the fruit, Yes, but there's more to it than that. For other people, I mean, that's where we go because that's all we have. But I know more about Gary than you do. Okay? You might see fruit and you think, yeah, Gary has the Holy Spirit, but I might really wonder because I experience temptation. I experience trials and suffering. <clears throat> Sometimes I feel weak. And, and it makes you wonder. Sometimes we fail. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Maybe that's where, what you struggle with. I don't know. Um, if you wonder, maybe you see things happen around you and you wonder, well, why isn't that happening to me? Like, why, why does it seem like my life is stuck? <clears throat> I wonder if I have the Holy Spirit. Maybe I didn't do something right. Luke chapter 11, starting at verse 9. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? That's how we know we have the Holy Spirit. It's because we've asked, and it's a matter of faith. If you're not going to believe this, like, I just don't know if that's true, well, then are you also going to not believe that, that there's a mansion prepared for you in heaven? That Jesus is coming back? Again, these are things that Jesus said. 
I mean, these are red letters here. Jesus' own words. He said, and he contrasted it with us. If we, in our sinfulness, know how to give good gifts to our children, we take care of them and we you know, give them food, give them a warm place to sleep and all this stuff. If we can do that in our sinfulness, how much more will God give us the Holy Spirit to those that ask? So it's a matter of faith. Do you believe what God said? The Holy Spirit is a comforter, a guide, an interpreter, an interceder, a giver of gifts, a strengthener, a convictor, and a helper for you. So you can follow in Jesus' steps and obey his words so that you're not alone, so that you one day will be in heaven. Let's pray. Father in heaven, just come before you this morning. So grateful, Lord, for the Holy Spirit and how he comes and becomes a part of us and influences us, gives us desires, helps us to live out the Christian faith. Just so grateful that you didn't leave us alone and you don't expect us to do all this on our own strength. Just thank you for your plan of salvation and yeah, thank you for working in our in our hearts. Thank you for placing us in this time, surrounding us with the people that we need and the church family that, that we need. I'm just so grateful. I pray, Lord, um, Yeah, I just pray that you would be near to the Yoder family right now as they go through a time of grief. Um, And also, I pray that you'd be with uh, Brad and Karen as they go through a time of celebrating new life. And yeah, above all, Lord, just thank you for being near to us. In your name, amen.